In the course of my lifetime, I have seen few cultural debates more divisive than the current COVID vaccine issue that is tearing our country apart. Let's call this episode COVID Vaccine Thoughts, Part 2. As we go through the pandemic right now with the vaccine and the debate about whether you should be vaccinated or not vaccinated, uh, I want to see if we can update some of our thoughts about this topic. Evidence seems to increasingly show that the idea that the virus is spread asymptomatically is less and less a real possibility. In other words, sick people with symptoms spread the virus, but the idea of a totally healthy person with no signs being a danger to others, that is less and less credible as we get more information. Secondly, while we have this rush for the testing of asymptomatic people, the reality is that testing for healthy people has not been approved by the FDA, and the World Health Organization actually now recommends that healthy people, asymptomatic people, not be repeatedly tested. One of the issues that is emerging in our culture is this idea that you either show proof of vaccination or you get weekly or even uh, twice a week testing so that you always can show that you're negative for the virus. The evidence seems to point now in the direction that healthy people should not be tested on a regular basis. Also what we're beginning to learn is that natural immunity, that immunity that is developed by actually surviving the disease, it turns out that natural immunity is robust, it is complete, and at least to this point, it seems to be endurable. So, if those things are true, and if it's also true that as the virus mutates, the vaccines as they now stand are less and less effective against the variants, much like the fact that we have to alter the flu shot every season because flu is always a little different than what's gone before, it complicates this issue of universal vaccination with a one-size-fits-all approach. Let me talk to you about conscientious objection. We have a long and healthy tradition in this country of people who have opted out of a variety of activities because it compromises their conscience. In fact, it is a part of the American character that the ability to entrust people to live by their conscience has been an integral part of who we are as a people. Let me give you some examples. The first conscientious objector in a military sense was all the way back in the Civil War. In the Civil War, if you objected to serving on either side, it was often provided that for a $300 fee, uh, you could provide a substitute who would fight in your place in the Civil War. Conscientious objection in war uh, became a more significant reality in World War I. And by the time we get to World War II, uh, the standard has always been high so that it's not people who just don't want to do something, but it is people who have 
a, a, a soul-level objection on the basis of their personal morality and their ethics uh, to some activity. Uh, World War II saw the first conscientious objector who actually served in a non-combat role and earned the Congressional Medal of Honor for his heroism and bravery under fire. Typically in the military, a conscientious objector can either hold out and not participate, in other words, offer no service at all, or they're often presented with an alternative service that is not related directly to combat that many will take because it no longer compromises their commitments. Conscientious objection also is prevalent among medical practitioners, that is, doctors and nurses. We have a long-standing tradition within our medical community that they are allowed to not participate in certain medical procedures that violate their personal consciences. For example, abortion or gender reassignment surgery or assisted suicide. These are three categories where typically medical practitioners say, I can't in good conscience participate. The allowance that's been made there is the American Medical Association simply says, you're allowed to not participate in those medical procedures within your profession that are a violation of your personal conscience. Your obligation at that point is simply to refer the patient to find their desired medical care from another source. Now that's always been an important principle, uh, the ability for people who also are operating by their conscience to go somewhere where they can get what they need or want without violating the conscience of the first practitioner. That's what's been so disturbing in recent years as we've seen bakers and photographers who have opted out of money-making opportunities on the basis of their conscience not allowing them to participate in certain kinds of cultural activities. Lawsuits have come after those people, and really those lawsuits have been a violation of the long-standing American tradition of respecting the conscience of the individual. There is no way to come to any other conclusion that those attacks on the conscience of individuals who opt out of certain activities those are nothing but clear attempts to outlaw faith altogether in a secular society. Well, bring that tradition of conscientious objection to this conversation about vaccines. And what we have here is now not just the pressure of our culture at large for pushing people to violate their own consciences and accept a vaccination that they have some moral or ethical objection to. But now we even see employers beginning to mandate vaccination as a condition of continued employment. Now, this bothers me. I'm not against people having the vaccine. I'm not even against employers encouraging. I'm not even against employers incentivizing their employees taking the vaccine. But I am concerned when employers step across a bright, clear line that says you will now participate in an experimental medical uh, enterprise that violates your conscience, and I will withdraw your ability 
to earn a living if you don't comply. Well, for that reason, Representative Clay Higgins, a House of Representatives member from the state of Louisiana, has now introduced House of Representatives Bill number 4884. It is called the Employee Rights and Freedoms Act. It is a bill that would prohibit employers from forcing vaccine mandates on their employees, and it would do these four things. It would make it unlawful employment practice to require an employee or an applicant for employment to undertake a medical procedure, including a vaccine. Secondly, it would establish an exemption from required medical procedures based on an employee or applicant's firmly held belief, in other words, their conscience. Third, it would require employers, in the event of an exemption, to provide reasonable accommodations enabling the employee to continue performing essential functions of their position. In other words, providing alternative ways that this employee can still do their job and be a productive part of a particular economic enterprise. Fourth, it would provide aggrieved individuals with a private right of action to bring a civil suit in an appropriate federal district court of jurisdiction. In other words, employment discrimination based on vaccine status would become a legitimate basis for federal lawsuit. Now, how do we bring this back and view this entire conversation from a biblical perspective? You see, as a pastor of a local church, my concern is how the body of Christ is operating in this historical, cultural moment. I've seen this issue divide family members. I've seen it divide coworkers. I've seen it damage church relationships. And I've seen it separate neighbors who have lived side by side for years. This is the way the devil works. Those who have had the vaccine, they look at others and they say, you don't love your neighbor. But the one who hasn't had the vaccine looks back and says, well, you don't trust God. Well, the one who's had the vaccine says, well, you should wear a mask or, or otherwise you don't care for people. Well, the other set looks back and says, well, you're wearing a mask. You're clearly living in fear. Folks, just stop it. Here's the issue. I'm disturbed when I see unvaccinated Americans have an almost casual disregard for the health and safety of others. Almost like COVID-19 is not a real thing, that people don't actually get sick and die. That's not okay. I don't like it when the unvaccinated have an attitude of, I don't care about you to other people around them. But here's the thing. I'm equally bothered by the kind of pharisaical legalism of those who have been vaccinated who have an open disdain for the unvaccinated in a way that treats them as second-class citizens. What does the Bible have to say about this? Well, first of all, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus tells us in John chapter 13, he writes these words to his disciples. In John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34, Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Listen, love implies that even when we disagree, 
we use persuasion, we use the presentation of facts that we find persuasive, and we have conversations. But we have got to stop screaming at each other and treating each other as though we're the enemy. The only person enjoying any of this is our true enemy, the one who wants to destroy the people of God and the church of Jesus Christ. Well, Acts chapter 5, 29 is also informative here. The disciples were told by the religious authorities of their day that they couldn't share their faith. They couldn't talk to people about Jesus. And while their answer is specifically related to the practice of their faith, the underlying principle is a measure by which American Christians need to rediscover and live by. It says in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, they had been told you can't talk about Jesus. And the verse says, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Well, okay, if that's the principle, obeying God, then how do we decide how to approach this vaccine issue? Well, here's the call. Follow truth. But wait a minute. There's so much confusing information out there. What do I do when the facts don't lead me to an obvious truth? Well, that's where we are, isn't it? We are to follow truth, but when truth is not obvious by the facts, then we are to be patient with each other. They say, well, just follow the science. Well, science is incredibly nebulous and hard to discover. Just in my lifetime, they told me eggs would kill me, then they told me eggs were healthy. They said, don't drink coffee because it's not good for you, but now they say drink coffee because it's good for your heart. They, at one point in my life, said don't eat Mexican food. Listen, that's a hill to die on. The reality is science is an ongoing enterprise. It's always a moving target. So don't let anybody say, well, just follow the science. The science is not settled. We are still early on in this process. And as we discover facts, let us talk to each other as brothers, as sisters, in a way that moves us toward understanding. No one has ever been convinced to violate their conscience by somebody screaming at them from the other side. Don't pursue the link wars. That is when one article says one thing and you send it to a friend and your friend sends another article that says the exact opposite and then you send another article that contradicts that and then they send another article that, that bolsters their side. Listen, there's plenty of articles out there on all sides of this question. It's hard to know. If you're not a virologist, if you're not a scientist, if you're not trained in statistical studies, it's hard to know how to face this. Which means, get the shot, don't get the shot but be patient with one another. Remember who the enemy is. The enemy is this virus. The enemy is not the person next door who has a different take on the facts than you do. And especially if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we may not always agree, but the world is watching and they identify us as followers of Jesus not by whether we're vaccinated or not, but by how we love one another. This is Truth Currents.